Hey, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. This is your guy, Larry, and you just tuned into another awesome episode of Larry's Biblecast. Hopefully, you guys are having such a wonderful day, wonderful morning, uh, week, whatever time you are listening to this wonderful um, episode of this wonderful podcast. Listen, first of all, uh, we got a lot to cover in this uh, particular episode, I just want to kind of uh, get get the intros out the way and and thank you once again for tuning in and listening to uh, another awesome episode. I want to thank you, my listener, uh, whoever you may be and wherever you may be listening to me from or whatever podcast um, that you're listening to me from as well. Please um, thank you. This, I just want to really thank you and appreciate your support. Um, for just um, allowing uh, your time, uh, your time to be able to um, um, listen in to something that um, I feel God is just really uh, has stirred in my heart and spirit just to be able to uh, take upon the responsibility to to encourage people like yourself and many others um, just to kind of keep on striving for the best in God, you know, and, and whether or not you are a new Christian, new believer, or you've been a seasoned uh, Christian or believer for many years, you know, um, how many know that we all can um, can be encouraged some kind of way and moving forward in in this life as long as we are not um, uh, passed away from this life we still have so many much so many more opportunities to either spread the gospel of Jesus Christ um, live according to the Lord the way he wants us to live and to become better as believers whether you are like I said a new believer or a person that has been around the Lord for many years. So I just praise God for whoever you may be out there. So I just think I'm very thankful, very thankful. And thank you for, again, just allowing me this opportunity to be able to um, share the good news of Jesus Christ with you. So um, we're going to, uh, excuse me, we're going to get into uh, in this episode, this is going to be day eight in uh, a series called uh, Favor. Um, This is a a Bible app that uh, I've been reading out of a devotional um, called Favor. And uh, it's it's a quite lengthy devotional. So there will be days and days um, of uh, episodes that you'll be hearing more and more of this. And so, listen, honestly, we have I have been really encouraged by just some of the things that I've been reading out of this particular devotional out of favor. And, and, um, you know, it's amazing because sometimes a devotional can also um, impact you in such an awesome way. So I've, I've, I personally, as I've been reading to you have been also learning and getting such, such good benefit and encouragement from this devotional called favor. We're in, uh, day eight, we're in day eight. So we're still kind of still in the beginning stages of favor. But like I said, we have a long way to go. And um, with each episode that you hear, you will hear me um, uh, sharing with you uh, from another day of favor. So before we get started, um, I want to open up with a verse 
um, that was that is still a part of day eight. I didn't get a chance to uh, put it put it in the episode before I recorded it, but I want to I want to also bring this to you. This is found in Romans chapter 12, verses two, verse two, excuse me, just 12 and two. And it simply says this. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Such an awesome and wonderful verse and also such a timely verse for today. Listen, we live in a generation and a time in our age now where there's so many things that are happening in the world today. It all depends on if you're from my generation. I'm from a, uh, I would say I'm, well, I'm 50. I'm 50 in my 50s, okay? So I'm not going to give you my exact age, but I'm in my 50s, okay? So some of you that might have been, that might have been born in the 70s, like I was, will remember a time when things were a little bit more tamer than it was. Of course, we always had things even in that time of, of the transformation of our world. But now, even now, so as, we, as we're speaking now, you can see so many things when it comes to moral depravity, where things that was considered uh, right or wholesome is not considered that. They're not embraced as a, 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 a better way to live, whether it's family issues, whether it's relationship issues, whatever it may be. And there's so, and, and honestly, when you watch the news and you see the things that are going on in our culture today, you know, just pick a topic and you know that things have actually definitely changed, say for within the 30 to 40 to even 50 years of our lives since we've been alive, right? Some of you know what I'm talking about. And so, the time from our parents, our grandparents, even there were things that they there were there were uh, uh, life, living situations and lifestyle changes, even from their their stage of living until now. And if you notice now, we have come a long way from the things that are considered good and moral and wholesome, and we've gotten far away from that. I say that because, number one, we as Christians, as believers, we have to be careful not to, like it says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. And it, it constantly tells us, but like, but let, but let, that means submit or surrender. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Listen, the way you and I think is also the way we will start to behave. The way you think, the way God will begin to transform your mind into, into the way that you're thinking of things, the way you accept things, it start to it will start to affect the way you behave. If as a new Christian, you may not have known who, uh, what how God wants you to behave, but the more you spend time with God, the more you 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 pray to God, the more you conversate with him in prayer, spend that quality time with him, as well as reading the word of God and, and just getting those things into your now into your spirit. 
that will begin to help you change not only the way you think. And on top of that, inviting the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart and your soul and your spirit, basically becoming a new believer, becoming a born again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and allowing him to give you the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit to help transform you and from the way you think, were thinking before to the way that you are thinking now, the way God wants you to start to transform you into this new person. Some of you may know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you that have been Christians for very long, for a long time, um, people know you and remember how you used to be. Amen. How I used to be, how I used to walk in the ways of the world and the way the way that everybody out there thinks. You know, some people say I do what I want to do. I act the way I want to act. I don't have no kind of recourse of what I say. Uh, People got to just take me for what I am. And that type of attitude is it's, it's a part of the world, but without me going into to so much detail about those things, some of you out there know exactly what I'm talking about. Listen, we got to have a governor on the what we say and what we do. Now, Judging by the time that uh, that you're listening to this, and also the time that I've just and that I have or I have recorded this this message here, um, we just had a situation that almost everybody on social media, whether you are on social media, whether you're on regular television media, it doesn't matter. Um, two two um, talented and notable actors and, and comedian um, were involved in a situation that had happened on one of our one of the annual award shows, which is considered the Oscars. And this, you know, some of you have already know exactly who Will Smith is and who Chris Rock is. Now, without going into so much detail, of course, there was, you know, an offense that was done where uh, Chris Rock um, said a, a, a joke toward uh, Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett, and it was offensive. It was offensive and it was hurtful. And, um, you know, it was everyone there in the audience was laughing. She wasn't. She was offended. She was hurt and upset over the over the joke. And yes, it was a joke, but understand this, that not all jokes are funny and not all jokes are meant to be said or told. With that being done, her husband that was standing, was sitting there along with her was laughing, but at the same time, while she wasn't laughing, I'm sure um, her husband, Will Smith, looked at her and saw that she wasn't laughing and proceeded to take action. Now, before I tell you exactly what happened next, remember this, husbands, I'm a husband myself and I have a wife and if someone... Um, offended my wife. If someone had uh, done some kind of harm to my wife, whether it was physically or, or verbally, I would definitely feel the need to protect my wife. Okay. I don't feel like, uh, and I don't know if any of you husbands out there would agree with this, but the fact that someone that is either attacking your wife or your children or your family member or whoever may be, your first reaction is or probably will be to protect your family or your wife. Your wife is a part of you. She is she is your other half, okay? Um, so 
even though the the next thing that happened, which Will Smith, he got up out of his seat. Mind you, this was on the Oscar stage. This was on a worldwide television program that has been shown throughout all over the world, perhaps. And uh, an unfortunate moment. And he went up there and didn't talk to him, but he went up there and he's, he struck him across the face with his hand. Um, as he went and sat back down, he proceeded to uh, tell him his disapproval and how he did not want him to be speaking about his wife in, a, in that way and told him to keep his wife's name out of his mouth. And, and, and of course, you know, he said this, uh, not just in a in a cool way at all, but with some cursing following within that too. Now I, I I'm gonna say this, <clears throat> like I said, I do understand. I do understand the reason for protecting your wife, even in the midst of something like that. Understand this though: two things can be wrong at the same time. Number one, yes, Chris Rock should not, in my opinion, should not have. Uh, uh, said a joke in that way. He joked, of course he's a comedian, and of course he jokes about everything that's going on, whether it's on the social media stage, whether it's on media, whether it's the people in the audience. And I get it. But there are some things that are not meant to be said. The joke happened to be uh, toward uh, Will Smith's wife and, and and the appearance of her hair, or what she did not have any hair, excuse me, and because of a medical or a, a health condition. So, you know, one of the things that I that I've that I've always said, maybe you guys may agree with me, maybe you may not. But a joke when it comes to someone's appearance or something that may be um, have happened to them health wise, it's not a good not a good joke. It's not a good way to to highlight that, especially if something sensitive as such as that. The other thing, though, is, is that on the part of Will Smith, and I'm not going to leave him out. Yes, he did what he did. He did what he felt he did, had to do. But here's the thing to always remember, fellas, going back to us. We have to be responsible for how we handle any situation. We have to think before that happens, before we react, whether it's uh, verbally, physically or whatever we decide to do. Remember, once we do something, whether it's what we say or what we do, we cannot take that back. Unfortunately, this was a dark moment in entertainment history. This was a dark moment just because it was two black men, of course, African-American men. They were very, both of them are very talented. Both, both of them are very, have been in the entertainment industry for many years. Unfortunately, though, this looked very bad on both sides. I, I, I like both of them, and I hope and pray that at some point they will resolve the situation and they will re be reconciled. They, will, they know each other for many years. And unfortunately, this was an unfortunate event that happened on the world stage. Remember, the Oscars or the Academy Awards is a place or an award show that many people across the world, across the United States are watching. And unfortunately, this was an embarrassing 
um, embarrassing moment, not just for Chris Rock, who was the one that received the physical uh, strike across his face, but also with Will Smith uh, having done what he did. Honestly, this was this was one of those situations that I can definitely say that, yes, Will Smith should have handled it maybe a little bit different. Yes, he probably could have told him that he didn't like it or he could have walked up to him and told him in front of people. Maybe that would have been better. Who knows? But here's the thing that I come away from that situation is we have to be responsible with how we handle ourselves. Now, how I tie that in with what I'm saying right now when it comes to the Bible, listen, we as believers, we still have a free will to act and 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 be how we're supposed to be. Regardless, God still gives, a, uh, gives us a choice on how to behave. And remember, this is why one of these situations, this situation that we've seen on national television, it was a great talking point. And only re- only reason why is because it's an example of how two talented and awesome individuals turn that situation into a bad situation. We have to remember going forward in our lives as we choose, as we as men and women decide how we are going to behave in front of people. Remember, as Christians and believers, though, and I'm not saying, I'm not sure, and I'm not going to he- sit here and say whether Chris Rock or Will Smith are Christians because I don't know their personal you know, affiliation or what what they believe. But I will say this, when it comes to us as believers, we are representatives of the kingdom of God and we are representing God himself. Now, let's take it a step far, further. Jesus Christ himself, being the son of God, being all powerful, all knowing as well, he submitted himself, surrendered himself as to a servant and what submitted himself even as unto death and for us, for each and every one of us. This man in human flesh at that time, he suffered ridicule. He suffered abandonment. He suffered beatings. He, he, he was put and nailed on the cross, even though people ridiculed him talked about him, laughed at him, socked, uh, uh, slapped him and hit him in the face, spit on him, things like that on the way to the cross for, uh, for you and me and all of mankind. Yet when he was on the cross and even while he was on the cross, had to endure not just people laughing and joking and, and mocking him then, but also even the two thieves that were on his left and to the right. One thief in particular was just te- was just harassing him and telling him, if you were God, if you are the son of God, basically get yourself down from the cross. Had no mercy, no sympathy, no sensitivity at all for him. Yet the other one, was a different conversation, a different situation. Here's the point that I'm driving at. Jesus, while he's on the cross, he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. Listen, not one time, not no time, even when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he could have called down thousands and legions of angels to to come down and handle all the, the Roman centurions that came in to try to arrest him at that time. He could have stopped it. But you know what? Jesus's actions says, not my will, but the father's will. I'm not going to surrender to this, this thing that the, that the devil wants me to do. 
Listen, we have a responsibility of of what we say and what our actions are. Let this situation that we've seen on television be an example of how we as Christians, as believers, how we are to behave. Am I saying that you will you will pass every test or you will survive every temptation? Listen, there is going to be times where we are all human, such as such as Chris Rock and Will Smith are human as well. But listen, as we grow into the Lord, let us help. Let us start to become more like Christ and help us to be more like him in any situation we're involved in. Yes, it will take discipline. Yes, it will take following after the spirit and not after the flesh. And yes, there will be times where it takes more strength to not do something in the physical or in your flesh than it does to be strong in the spirit and just handle it a totally different way without without uh, cursing and without physically fighting or physically or getting physical with someone. I understand and I get it. Protecting your family as a man is so much more. It is so much more. But at the same time, it takes a lot of power to be able to just do it the right way as well. I'm not saying that I agree with what Will Smith did, but I am saying that, again, had this was an example of what not to do. So that was my little my little take on the situation i'm sure you've heard quite a bit from everybody from people that are in the media whether they're superstars actors singers whatever whoever you follow but i will say this man just make sure that we are following after god we make sure that that our our you know make sure that what what we do is represented from represented well and that's all i'm saying listen I want to thank you once again. You can find my podcast on places like iHeartRadio, on Google Podcasts as well. You can find me on Apple Podcasts as well. You can find me on any almost any podcast that you, you're out there looking at, looking for. I'm sorry. Excuse me. And again, I once again, I want to thank you for giving me this time to be able to minister and to share the word of God with you. So without further ado. Let's sit back and relax and and enjoy this next episode of Larry's Biblecast. All right, so how how many of you are ready to get into some awesome reading of God's word. So we're getting into uh, day eight, day eight of uh, the devotional favor. And uh, man, what I tell you, um, God is so good and God is so awesome. And there's so many things that we can think of, of how good God is. But we can only just say these things because we are just saying them, right? Hopefully that's not true of you. Hopefully you 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 are saying them because you have experienced them and that you're walking in them and you are walking according to his ways and will in our, in in your life. Listen, um man, last uh was it day 7 was was an awesome episode as well because it had to do with um 
with us being obedient, basically, you know, um, allowing the Holy Spirit to to guide and direct us and then to align our, our lives up with God and just being obedient. Um, Jesus did, you know, and I believe it was like chapter seven um, or chapter, I think it was chapter seven that we read um, out of um, the devotional um, chapter eight, Matthew chapter eight, it was. And man, when I tell you, um, Jesus, you know, in the book of Matthew, you know, of course he did a lot. Um, he did a lot in, in, in the book or in that chapter, I should say, but you know, the other thing about to, to understand about Jesus was the fact that, yeah, he did a lot, but it was just not on him. It's also on us. You know, there's so many things that, that Jesus did in his day that we can we can go back and we need to go back to and understand that that Jesus it was just temporary for him. Uh one of the verses that stuck out in my mind on that episode was the fact that he you know someone said that I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus turned to him and said that well foxes have dens and and birds have nests that they can stay in and dwell in, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. That wasn't a, that wasn't something he didn't say that to, to, to have for people to feel sorry for him because obviously, obviously nobody was like, Oh, well let's build a house so you can stay. No, you know, Jesus was not here to stay. And so it was very important for him to, um, it was, it, it, it was, it was very telling that he said that to the, to that man when he said that. And I believe to, too that this man was so in awe of all the things that Jesus was doing at that time, you know, healing, healing people, you know, of course he healed, uh, Peter's mother-in-law in the last episode. And then, um, then he talks about how, you know, um, that uh, this man, this this soldier, or this this person of authority, I believe it was, his son uh, was was sick with with sick at home, and uh, he he would not let Jesus come to the house because he knew the authority that he was was in. He he knew that that all he had to do was just speak the word and it would be done, and it was and it was done. So that was a pretty awesome episode. You need to you know go and check that out. Um, so, um, so we're going to get right into, um, this one here. This is in Matthew, um, chapter nine, verse 17. Um, starting off with this verse, it says, neither do men pour new wine into old, old wine skins. If they do this, the skins will burst, the wine will run out and the wine skins will, will be ruined. No, no. He says, no, they pour new wine into new wineskins, both are preserved. This is very important. No, they pour what? New wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. Very, very powerful scripture. I've heard this. I've heard this message preached before about, um, you don't pour new wine into old wineskins. It's not going to work. Um, you don't pour something that's valuable or something that, uh, you know, that's on display into an old pot. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's read this devotion. It says here, it says, vases are made to showcase bouquets, bouquets of flowers. They're designed to add value to the appeal and lifespan of what they hold. A rusty coffee uh, can has the ability to perform the same job as a vase. 
but it would diminish the beauty of the arrangement and containment, uh, contaminate the water. God wants to pour fresh favor into your li- into our lives. Excuse me. He desires to make all things new, but he can't remain. But we can't remain the same and expect newness from him. Old habits, selfish desires and deceitful thoughts are to are to be abandoned so we can become pure and fully available for a better future with him. We are God's chosen vessel vessel to carry his glory. He formed us in in our mother's womb and he continues to mold and shape us into the likeness into um sorry the likeness of Jesus. The more malleable we are to him, the greater our capacity to receive fresh out- outpourings of blessings and wisdom and showcase his goodness. Renew yourself today. Take an inventory of the negative behaviors and influence influences in your life and remove them. Replace those things with life-giving encouragement found in healthy healthy friendships, God's word, worship music, sermon podcasts, and biblical small groups. Amen. So what is this telling us? I mean, point blank, right? If you're, if, you know, you can't expect to have a, 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 a good outcome in your life as a Christian, as a believer, if you're still doing the same thing, if you're still, if you still have negative behaviors and, and influences in your life that is still encouraging you to do these behaviors or do make these bad decisions, then you need to remove them. You have to replace them. Um, I love the analogy and the and and the analogy in this about the the coffee can. When's the last time, men, uh, have you given your wife a, a, a nice? I mean, for Valentine's Day, we just had Valentine's Day, and you gave some flowers, some roses to your wife, and you just used the old can. <laughs> um I mean how does that look sitting on the on the on the uh, what on the table or in the in the in the living room and you say you know happy valentine's day and you got this old rusty can that you got from outside <laughs> I hope none of you did that <laughs> but listen um this was a good example of of how you know of how God uses us Sis, listen he he wants to like like the devotion says he wants to pour favor in you in me and and he wants to pour his spirit remember the favor the favor of God is the gifts of God but the gifts are are the gifts of the Holy Spirit and it's so important for us to understand that that the Holy Spirit wants to be used and used through you. We discovered in several episodes down, last episode, we discovered how Jesus was was healing and, and, and casting out demons. And, and he was doing all sorts of things. Why? Because he was obedient to God. 
And it was so important for us to understand that that the same things that were going on in Jesus's day is happening now. Yes, there's sickness and disease. There was uh, at that time in the biblical times, there was leprosy. I know that we don't have a lot of cases of leprosy now, but we have we've had the pandemic. We had coronavirus. We had all these other Omicron and all these other diseases that's out here. That we have people that are suffering mentally, mental disease is prevalent, you know, uh, um, um, diabetes, uh, high blood pressure, things that we do to ourselves by not eating right, of course, and things like that. But, man, I mean, we need to be used of God to be able to heal, you know, and, and, and I'm not saying this is look, I'm going to put it in perspective like this. Healing is, it, it happens, but it doesn't happen a lot without prescription, without medication, right? We go to the doctor, we get a prescription, we get a pill for this, we get a pill for that. When's the last time you laid hands on yourself or others instead of taking a bunch of pills? I'm not saying that you shouldn't, but give yourself a chance to be used by God. And lay hands on yourself. Lay hands on your 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 relative, your mother, your father, your your sister, your brother, whoever's in the hospital. Give yourself a chance to have the faith and trust and believe that God can through you. Remember, we don't have the power to do these things. We ask God to to work His power through us. Jesus Himself prayed. And took time to pray and so that he could follow up with his father, with with his heavenly father, with our heavenly father. Right. And if he's doing that, we have to do that, too. We have to begin to walk in obedience. We have to walk in faithfulness. We have to be obedient to God in our lives. We can't live as Christians and call ourselves Christians and children of God and just live the way we want to live. We, we can't do that. The world is different than us. Right. We, we come from the world. We come out of the world. In other words, the world, we was a part of the world system. We was a part of doing the things that was a part of what we see now in society. Because we can't, listen, you can't look at a person that, that, that is doing wrong and maybe cussing and drinking and, 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 and being consumed with those things and say that we're better than that. No, we can, we always say that, like I would say, I used to be that. I used to do that. I used to be involved with that. I used to consume that. I used to be a part of the that lifestyle. And so now, now I want to change. I, I want the change to happen in my life. And this is where being born again happens. You become this new person. He, he molds you into this new person so that he can pour the Holy Spirit or the new wine inside of you. You can't have new wine. You can't have God's Holy Spirit living in you, living like, like, just like anything that the world is, is out there doing. You can't do it. And so this is a very good um, start off point in this devotion and, and something for us to think about. Um, these devotions and these episodes have been really good when it comes to favor. I'm starting to understand myself that favor has nothing to do with anything physical or, you know, or, or 
um, money or anything like that, because I think we I think we misrepresent what what favor means. When we think favor, we think favor means, oh, you know, God's giving me the blessing, me a favor and anointing over my life. And those are all true. But you can't have that if you're living, living not according to God's ways and will in your life. And this is so important. This is so powerful. This is powerful for me. So <laughs> listen, I'm getting something awesome and something good out of this. So um, we're going to go ahead and we're going to take a quick little break and we're going to read more into the scriptures and see what also God has more to talk about in his word. Stay tuned. So welcome back. So let's get right into, excuse me, let's get right into the scripture portion of this uh, episode here. Uh, Mind you, we are uh, reading from day eight of uh, favor. And so uh, we're going to, it's a pretty lengthy chapters in Matthew nine. So just kind of follow along as we, uh, we, we begin to open up God's word and see what, what God has for us here. So, It starts off by saying Jesus climbed into a boat and went back across the lake to his own town. Some people brought to him a paralyzed man on a mat. Seeing their face, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, be encouraged, my child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law said to themselves, that's blasphemy. Does he think he's God? Now, Jesus knew what they were asking, so he asked them, Why do you have such evil thoughts in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up and pick up your mat and go home. And the man jumped up and went home. Verse 8 says, Fear swept through the crowd as they saw this happen. And they praised God for giving humans such authority. Verse 9 says, As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my, my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his, his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable dis- dis- re- sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? And when Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Verse 14. One day the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked him, why don't your disciples fast like we do and the Pharisees do? Jesus replied, do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. 
But someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. Verse 16, he says, he continues to say, besides, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the old skins would burst from the pressure spilling the wine and running the, run, ruining the skins. New wine is stored in new wineskins so that both are preserved. As Jesus was saying this, the leader of the synagogue came and knelt before him. My daughter has just died, he said, but you can bring her back to life again if you just come and lay your hands on her. So Jesus and his disciples got up and went with him. Just then a woman who had been suffering, who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe for she thought if I could just touch his robe, I will be healed. Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. Verse 23 when Jesus arrived at the official's home, he saw the noisy crowd and heard the funeral music. Get out of here. Get out, he said. I'm sorry. He told them, the girl isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him. After the crowd was put outside, however, Jesus went in and took the girl by the hand and she stood up. The report of this miracle swept through the entire countryside. Verse 27, after Jesus left the girl's home, two blind men followed along after, behind him, shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. They went right into the house where he was staying, and Jesus asked them, Do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told him, we do. Then he touched their eyes and said, Because, your faith, because of your faith, it will happen. Then their eyes were open and they could see. Jesus sternly warned them, don't tell anyone about this. But instead, they went out and spread his fame all over the region. When they left, a demon-possessed man who couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. So Jesus cast out the demon and the man began to speak and the crowds were amazed. Nothing like this has ever happened in Israel, they exclaimed. But the Pharisees said, he can cast out demons because he is empowered by the prince of demons. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He said to, this, to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. This was quite a bit, as you can tell. This was an entire book, our entire um, chapter of Matthew 9 that I just read to you. This is a part of the um, the episode of favor in this one here. 
So I think um, I want to I want to hone in on several several parts of this chapter today, and um, I want to first of all go kind of follow back to um, where we'll say about where Jesus was walking and he saw the man a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector booth. This is in verse nine of chapter nine of Matthew, and so he says here he called, he he uh, commissions him, Matthew. I'm talking about Jesus commissions Matthew and says, "Follow me and and be my disciple." The thing that I notice in this part is that uh, that Matthew immediately gets up and follows him. Now, you know, I'm sure Jesus didn't cast a spell on him, or you know, you know, like commanded him him to do this. I believe Matthew knew about Jesus and had heard about Jesus. And at this point, you know, Jesus was going around healing people and, and, uh, doing all kinds of things and preaching about the kingdom of God. So I'm sure at some point, Matthew had already knew and had never probably either never seen him or had met, never met him. And so the things that, uh, we begin to see, is um and matter of fact this actually follows um follows after one of the miracles that he did about the paralyzed man he told him about um to that he was his sins were forgiven but he also um told him to pick pick up your mat and walk and being that this man was paralyzed i'm sure that that man um was well known throughout that region a lot of people probably had already seen this man um think about it for for a minute Someone that you might have seen um, quite a bit. Maybe you've you've gotten to the place where you you are. You, you, this man is very familiar. Maybe he is is standing or sitting or laying. I'm sorry, laying at at the same location, and we know this man, right? So at this point. Jesus comes along and he's no longer lame no more. He's not no longer paralyzed. And maybe perhaps whether he was paralyzed from the waist down or maybe from the from from the neck down, all depends. We don't it does, the Bible doesn't give us any kind of clarification or details as to uh, um, how bad he was paralyzed. It just says that he was a paralyzed man. Perhaps he was just on on his back. Who knows? But we can get from this, this here that he was paralyzed and Jesus healed him. And, and that event, um, I'm sure became world, uh, became, uh, uh, regional news. I would say, you know, something like that, you know, people begin to talk and they begin to share and they begin to exclaim like, man, you know, have you heard that the guy that was always paralyzed by the marketplace or by the, 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 the synagogue, the temple, um, there was a, there was a story about that. I'm not sure if this was the same person or not, but Again, in this in this particular chapter, we read about that. Well, getting back to what I was saying about Matthew, eventually Matthew, I'm sure, had had heard about it, but never seen Jesus. And then all of a sudden, when Jesus came, Jesus came and and told him and asked him to be his disciple. At this point, maybe Matthew had already just suspecting. Now I'm only speculating about why the response was what it was. There was no dialogue. We don't hear of any dialogue. We just know that the actions of Matthew was sudden and it was immediate. 
I want to tell you, I want to kind of take a break from that and ask you today, you know, have you been called by Jesus? Have you been called by the Lord to do something, do something in your life? Do you feel called? Do you feel that the Lord or the Holy Spirit is actually beckoning you or calling you to do something for him? And what is your response? Is your response uh, hesitant or you're not sure? Or do you feel as though you're not worthy? Um, Matthew, um, you know, fit the qualifications as a lot of us do. Some of us weren't saved. Some of us weren't from a church background. Some of us weren't raised in a Christian home. Matthew was a tax collector. He was one that that was his profession. And according to what we kind of know and get the, 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 the background from it, that people didn't think too highly of people that collected taxes. They felt that they were someone that was not uh, maybe a person of integrity or not and not sensitive to people's needs. And they were more or less those that that demanded money and demanded the 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 the, the payment of something uh, from individuals. Maybe they didn't have a lot and they didn't have a good reputation. But Jesus came along and he saw Matthew as someone that he can use, that someone that he can be a, a disciple, someone that will begin to learn and follow after him. And guess what? Jesus saw something in Matthew that the others didn't. I want to encourage some of you right now that sometimes God sees something in you that other people don't see, that maybe you don't even see in yourself. So if you feel at this moment that God is calling you to preach the gospel, to share his good news, to to encourage other people. I, I, I would encourage you to answer that call. You know, we're living in a time where people, the world needs encouragers. The world needs someone to 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 let people, other people know that there's hope. That all things in the world is not hopeless, even though we see a lot of things, a lot of negative things, a lot of unpopular things, the things that are now making the news that are just very bad. So let's be clear. God really wants to use you. So I, I want to keep it moving a little bit. And so the the beautiful thing about this story about Matthew was the fact that he and his disciples um, um, were invited to Matthew's house for dinner as a dinner guest. And Matthew also brought along uh, many tax collectors and other other sinners. They call them, the Bible calls them disreputable sinners. These mean, this was, this description must mean that they were like a bunch of no good people or people that was considered um, very bad people. But when the Pharisees saw this, of course, they asked his disciples, why do you, does your teacher eat with such scum? You notice they weren't talking to Jesus. They were talking to one of his disciples. They, they, they figure we're not going to go and ask him directly, but we're going to talk to those or disciples that have followed him and is a part of his group. And, you know, we find that today. Uh, 
Sometimes people won't come directly to you, but they'll ask someone else that knows you and they'll ask them the question instead of coming directly to you. I'm not trying to start any mess with somebody out there, but I'm just saying that's how sometimes that works. So listen, verse 12, he goes on to say, Jesus heard this. He says, now, now understand that's, this is, again, this is what happens among us, among people, among humans. Someone talks about you, maybe a friend that you know was was asked a question and it got back to you. Well, this is the same thing with Jesus. And Jesus' response was interesting. Jesus said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Six people do. I want to say that one more time. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Understand that there were, that that Jesus came to those that they had a need already for him. They didn't. He didn't come for people that just thought they knew it all. They he didn't come for people that felt that I don't need Jesus and I got. I, I, I do good all by myself. He didn't come for those type of people. He didn't come for people that like the Pharisees were so religious. They were no earthly good or they were so religious. They just wanted they 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 had taken all of their time as being religious and thought that they were highly qualified and that the people shouldn't even go and talk to Jesus or or have that attention towards Jesus because Listen, we got the Pharisees here. We got we're scholars. We know the scriptures. We know we have a good background. So so at this point, you know, the Pharisees were questioning Jesus. They were wondering why in the world are these people following him? Why does he have such a good following? And and, and what is it that is attracting people to Jesus? You got to remember, Jesus was not was a different person of his day. There was not somebody going around healing people and and healing paralyzed people and talking to people and getting them to be become disciples. There was not somebody with that magnitude. And and and, and people are going to be people. There's going to be people that will follow whoever it is. And because they are drawing attention, let's be clear. But Jesus was not your ordinary person. Can you imagine Jesus being here today? Can you imagine what Jesus, what followers that Jesus would have today if Jesus were physically here? I mean, we have all this social media going on. We have Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter. And can you imagine what? The response and all the attention that Jesus would get in the physical as he would walk this earth. Can you imagine so many phones that would be capturing video on YouTube of Jesus doing these miracles? Can you imagine what mass hysteria it would be? And would the pastors and the preachers of this day in in the year 2022 or the year of 20 and the 2000s now where where pastors would be, would they be jealous? Would they be would they be jealous and envious of this man? What other words? Can you imagine what that would be like today if Jesus would be physically here? So. 
I want this to, I know I kind of diverted off of what the scriptures are saying here, but it does, but let's get back to this, to this. And it's, it says here in verse 13, he says, then go and learn the meaning of this scripture. He says, I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. So for I have come to call not those who think they are religious or righteous, but those who know they are sinners. And so if you're listening to me right now and you're questioning whether or not you're worthy, you're questioning whether or not um, 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 uh, God is ashamed of you or maybe you feel ashamed of the lifestyle you lived or whether or not you feel worthy or a part of, you know, God will love you. God will love you regardless. He will love you. He will encourage you. He will he, he, he's not holding your past against you. He's not holding what you've done or how you did it or how many times you did it against you. Remember, he says here, he says, he's talking about, I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. You know, right now, this is a, a a a declaration for those who are they don't feel like they 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 can't be used by God. They can't be God can't use them because of perhaps the way they feel about themselves or what they know they they were and who they were and what they have done. But God says, I can use you. He used Matthew a tax collector for a reason. When you think about it like this, and I'm going to say this before we take a quick break. The the things that you used to do, the, the background you used to have, maybe perhaps the people you hung around, like in Matthew case, Matthew's case here, you know, those are the same people that God will use you, someone like you that come from that environment to use you to go back and encourage them and make an impact on their life. There's a reason why God chooses the worst of sinners, the worst of, of, of criminals or worst of whatever you, you know, fill in the blank of whatever it is that, you know, someone or maybe yourself might have been. He is a reason why he wants to use you. For one, he loves you regardless. He's not just using you just to use you, but he's also using you to change you. He's also using you to bring you out of that environment, to clean you up, to change your heart from the inside out, to change your mindset, to get the word of God in you, and for the Holy Spirit to now make his residence, make his home inside of you so that you can become a new person from the inside out. And then from that point to be able to rescue those that are also in that same lifestyle, in that same environment that you were once in. Listen, you got to remember people when they see you, they see the life change. 
And so guess what? Some of these same people that you might have hung around with or friends with or ran the streets with, they may not never come into the church. They will not, they may not ever come into the church, but they see you. Which brings me to the next thing I wanted to explain to you is when we talk about the wineskins and we talk about the new pouring the new wine into old wine skins. And as I said before, the life of a believer, of a new believer, if you are one as a new believer right now, listening to me, you are now being filled with God's spirit, his, his, his ways, his word, and all the true relationship that you now have with the Lord Jesus Christ because of God through Jesus Christ. And guess what? God is not satisfied with just accepting the the free gift of 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 the free gift of salvation. But now he wants you to be born again. He wants you to be born again. He wants you to mature in him. He wants you to grow in him. So in other words, you can't stay the same. So what does this practically look like? Allowing God each and every day to change you from the inside out. Reading your word, praying and talking to God every day, just like a regular relationship, and allowing the God, the, the, allowing God to change you through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, and listen, let me just f- tell you this: if you're ever, if you're ever wondering about the Holy Spirit, ask God for his spirit so that you can be truly changed. And I can't tell you practically all the things that God will work on you about because each and every one of us, those of you that are listening, including myself that is speaking to you right now, we all have a different set of hangups and negative things that God wants to continue to work on and change and, and clean out. We all need to be cleaned out. We all need to be changed from the old person into the new person God wants us to be. Which leads me to tell you that once you're changed from the inside out or while you're being changed for, from the inside out, God will begin to use you and he will use you in a way, whether it's speaking, whether it's hanging around or whether it's when those old, old friends of yours or old people that you used to hang with, maybe they will see you and they'll see that change. They'll begin to be encouraged by you see in your everyday walk, whether it's your your family, whether it's your 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 job, your co-workers, whatever, whoever it may be, those people, God will begin to use you in such a powerful way. And they, too, will want to know who and what has happened to you. You will have to be prepared to introduce them to Jesus Christ. The same person that rescued you from your old way of life, God says, I'm going to go ahead and 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 allow you now to now be use you use you to introduce others to the Christ that now the God that you serve through Jesus Christ. Amen. You can't pour new wine into the old wineskins. That means you can't pour the new life of Jesus in you and still be and live the way you live. 
it won't work. It won't work. The, the, the spirit of God that lives within you will not will will not change will not show the change. And like it says in the example of the wine, it will burst and waste all the wine. So you are a vessel. You are a vessel to be used of God. Amen. So there's so much more as we begin, as we as we are looking in this chapter of nine, chapter Matthew chapter nine, and we see so many things that Jesus was doing. You know, he was doing these things. And of course, people, like I said, the Pharisees had a problem with it. And people were, were either praising him and they were encouraged by him. And, and Jesus was just doing what he normally would do. He was filled with the spirit of God. He was God himself in the flesh. And he was doing exactly what it was that God had called him to do. He was healing. He was raising people from the dead. He was casting out demons. He was doing everything that Jesus would naturally do. And imagine, just like I said before, imagine if Jesus Christ was here right now. And, and, and furthermore, just imagine if you and I were walking in the way Jesus was walked and how many People around us, strangers even, would be impacted by the Spirit of God living within you, just like you're living within me. And those that are just continually, they will be impacted, whether it be through healing, whether it be through the casting out of demons, whether it be through the, the, the raising of dead, whatever it may be. And understand this. The miracles that Jesus did were was was miracles in and of itself, but they were also temporary because the true miracle is the salvation that that is given from God through Jesus Christ. Your change, your transformation is a miracle bigger than the casting out of demons and the healing and even the raising of dead. Yes, those are phenomenal miracles. But what's even more powerful is the fact that Jesus can now, through, otherwise God, through Jesus Christ, can now save you and change you from the way you were to the way you are now. Amen. So we're going to take a quick short break <laughs> and we're going to be right back. Hey guys, this is your guy Larry. How you guys doing today? Just a little bit of a, a break in, in between episodes or segments. I wanted to, first of all, thank you again for all of you that have been listening and following me on this podcast journey. Yes, it's been a journey from the time that I first started um, recording, uh, which was formerly Black Nerds Biblecast to Larry's Biblecast. And God has really been doing some wonderful and awesome things in my life, in my life of my myself, and also in the life of the podcast as it's been growing. So first of all, I just want to really thank you so much for just your listener support and things like that. And entering into a brand new year of 2022, I'm so excited about where 
things will go with us from here. Also, obviously, where God is going to be leading us. So, again, just want to thank you. Want to appreciate you for everything that you're doing. Now, the last thing I want to mention is some of you have also reached out to find out how can you all support this podcast yes um i've never really never really thought about getting the support that i needed i enjoy doing this as a hobby i enjoy just recording and also spreading the gospel and that's the main thing so for some of you that desire that desire that and maybe god has put it on your heart to sow into this to this podcast, I really greatly appreciate it. I haven't thought of any amount, and really, there's really no specific amount that I that I've come up with. So again, that's all only left up to you, the listener. If you decide that you would like to sow into this podcast, I greatly appreciate it. Whatever God puts on your heart to do, I am so happy to do that where this will go is that just to continue the furtherance of the gospel of jesus christ and and just help to expand this effort this ministry um i guess you want to call it a ministry now so um i'm just excited about that and um where you can go so at the end of the broadcast or the podcast, as you're listening to, always look into the description. Look in the description. There's a link there to my to my cash app and you can actually go ahead and donate whatever amount. Again, whatever God has put on your heart to do. I greatly appreciate it. Look into the description. Click on the link. It will go directly to the cash app and your your donation will go toward advancing the gospel and gospel for the kingdom of Christ, the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Amen. So again, thank you so very much for just you listening, for you just being a part of this listening, um, this listening audience and the journey that continues on with Larry's Bible cast. Now get back to listening to some more of this awesome episode. Alright, alright, so welcome back We're going to go ahead and we're going to um, Conclude This episode with two more verses That I want to share with you Again, when you get the chance And the opportunity um, Go back And, and read um, Go back and read um, More of Of uh, The book I mean the, the devotion of favor um, some of it from the previous episodes of this. And I'm telling you what I'm what we're discovering is that favor is is more than just it's more than just God's favor being poured out on you when it comes to the physical or financial or, you know, money and all that's well and good. And that'll help you here. Understand something real quick. You know, when we die and go to heaven. We won't need money there. <laughs> you won't worry about a house or a brand new car or anything of that nature because God has already provided that. So just kind of want you to understand and kind of take it in a different perspective of understanding the goodness and the favor of the Lord 
is far more greater. I think that we minimize what favor really is when we just only look at those things and don't look at more in depth of what God's favor really truly is. So let's end this with two scripture verses. One is found in Isaiah chapter 64, verse eight. And it says, and yet, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter and we all are formed by your hand. And then in Ephesians four, it says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupt by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created by to create it to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And listen, as I said before, God wants to change you from the inside out. Now, in Ephesians, it, it actually kind of gives you a different way of, uh, of looking at this. It says, throw off your old sinful nature. This, is, this doesn't mean that you are asking God to do it for you. Without your participation and your choices in this transformation process, you yourself have to do what it means to do. In other words, throw off your old nature and your old and your former way of life. It is true. It's a true saying that salvation is free, but the walk and the transformation and the maturity and the growth be, depends on you. It doesn't mean, oh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta put in so many hours of reading God's word or putting in so many hours of prayer, so many hours of going to church, because all those things are well and good and should be done. But what really matters is if all the things that you're doing, if it's truly changing what who you are as an individual, who you are as a child of God, are you still the same person you were before you got saved, before you claimed that you're a Christian? And I'm going to say that. If you claim today that you are a Christian, that you are a believer, then how will others see you? Or if you're honest with yourself, how do you see yourself? Do you see yourself not saying that you're supposed to be perfect without mistake, but have you grown? Have you put away certain things? And I'm going to tell you this. A lot of times we need some in, we need what to call introspection or uh, uh, um, um, in other words, just to 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 look within yourself and be honest. A lot of times we do need to ask God, what is it in me that I could that that could be better? Help me to change. Help me to be more righteous and holy like you are not haughty, not thinking I'm better than anyone else. Because as we grow, we also, and as we get closer to God, let me just back up right there and say, as we get closer to God, we begin to see how much we need him and how undone we truly are and how we have need more and more of God as we get closer and closer. Listen, we, as we get closer to God, God begins to shine the light on us, on you as an individual, you start to begin to see yourself and say, man, I need to improve. 
How many of you out there are working on, say, losing weight? And you look in the mirror every single day and you say, man, I need to lose this gut. <laughs> I need to lose these love handles. I need to lose this, this flabby skin. And what do you do? You make the effort to go and go to the gym, maybe run, maybe do some jogging, maybe uh, stop eating what you're eating that contributes to the weight gain. Well, in a lot of ways, it's the same thing with your relationship with the Lord. Listen, it's don't get caught up in doing the things that you think are right. When you don't really understand and know, or maybe you're not truthful with yourself, you got to throw off the old sinful nature and your former way of life. This is a continued effort throughout the rest of your life. There is not a point where you say, I've done it all now. I'm complete. I'm, I'm, I'm shiny and clean. No, we must continuously have a place and a walk to where I want to make sure I'm doing what's right. I want to make sure that I am pleasing to you, not just please, not to pleasing to others. Because a lot of times, some may, maybe your children, your, your husband, your wife, they're not supposed to, but they may not tell you or may not be able to see everything God sees. So it's so important for you to understand that Whatever it is that you want to improve and want to become better, ask him to help you. Ask him to bring you into a place of submission over things that you know are not godly. Ask him to help you take certain things away. Yes, throw off that old nature and the former way of where, how you used to live. And the attitudes, remember, it even talks about in, 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 in uh, verse 3 of chapter 4 of Ephesians. Instead, let the Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit, renew your thoughts and attitudes. I want to say that one more time for those that are listening. Verse 23, instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Don't become a Pharisee. As you're getting closer to God, I'm going to say that one more time. As you're getting close to God, don't become a Pharisee and feel as though you've attained it all and that you're better than who, than anyone else, even those that have not become Christians and, and known Christ. Do you know the unfortunate thing is you could actually be a hindrance to those that are trying to seek God by you becoming arrogant and feeling as though you have obtained it all or that you're better than that now. Ask God to help you be sensitive and merciful and forgiving and loving and understanding as you get closer to God and as you are being used to help those find God in their life. It says, put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Not I'm righteous and holy. No, truly righteous and holy. And again, and yet, oh, Lord, you are our father. We are the clay 
and you are the potter. We are all we all are formed by your hands. That's the best attitude that we should have is that we have we are still clay and he's still shaping us and molding us. He is the potter. We are the we are the create. He is the creator and we are the created one. And that should never change for the rest of your entire life until the until it's time for you to come home to be with the Lord. And don't ever have this attitude. Well, God is not done with me yet. And use that as an excuse to be the person that you used to be. I've heard people say that. Well, God's not done with me yet. I still and they still going to cuss you out. No, don't do that. God wants you to be become better. Now. If you did do something like that, I'm not condemning you, but I am saying that you have to become better, which means maybe you need to apologize. Maybe you need to come back around and say, hey, you know what? I shouldn't have did what I did. This is all helping because guess what? Your whole goal is not to become as though you know it all, but to be the person of redemption. And say I'm wrong And I should have did what I did So let me help you And let me be a better example To you Amen So listen <laughs> This was powerful This was awesome I hope that you got a lot out of this As I have done And I'm learning Just like you are learning I am no better than you all either But I just love sharing God's word and 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 hopefully um this has encouraged you today listen i before i leave i want to i want to make sure that those that are listening whether you are new to the faith or you're new to christ and you're seeking the lord or you you're just channel surfing through different podcasts and you just happen to listen to what i'm talking about Listen, I I don't want to end this episode without giving you the verses of scripture about salvation. And I want you to understand, let's, you know, make this clear. In the Bible, it talks about that none of us are righteous and we all have sinned and no one is truly wise and no one is really seeking God. And all of us have turned turned away and all of us have become useless. So the Bible clearly says no one does good or not, not even not one, not a single one for everyone has sinned. And we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Now, what exactly is God's glorious standard? It's perfection, it's holiness, it's righteousness, it's true righteousness in God's definition of holiness and righteousness not our definition it's what god deems as holy it is his way his direction his standard and listen us compared to him we all missed the mark myself included yourself included and those that you might fail that were good we all have missed the mark no one is perfect but he said, but also the reason why we're not perfect, because we all have sin. And the Bible talks about how bad sin is. It says in Romans 6, 23, it says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. The only way to eternal life when you die and, and, and when we die physically, we go and live somewhere forever. That means eternity. And the only way that you can ever live eternity with God is through Jesus Christ. 
Yes, you will live for all eternity, whether you want to believe it or not. There will be some place where you will go other than just physically in the ground. But get this, wherever you choose, and that is dependent on what you choose today or tomorrow or whenever you make this decision, is where you will either spend eternity with God or away from God. With God is heaven, away from God is hell. And then it says in Romans 5 and 8, but God showed his great mercy, his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So while you was out there not thinking about God, not paying attention to God, didn't want nothing of God, didn't want to care about anything about church, religion or whatever it was. God still sent his son 2000 plus years ago to die on the cross for each and every one of us, for all of humanity, for those today for those in the past and those back in biblical times. He had, Christ is the central figure of salvation. He is the one, he is the sacrifice that no other man could ever qualify to be that sacrifice, but Jesus himself. And then when you accept this by faith, by faith in a prayer of just praying and asking God to forgive you of your sins and invite him into your heart. It says here, it says, if you openly declare, this is Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. It says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Some people might ask the question, saved from what? Saved from your old life. Saved from the old way that you used to live. Saved from the being uh, enmity or an enmity with God, meaning with your sins, because you are separated from God from with your sins of the things that you have done. Because if you're not perfect, guess what? You're not you're not declared uh, perfect with God. That means God wants you to come through that doorway that is provided by His Son Jesus Christ. So there is no other way around that. So if you're listening today and only if you accept it, only if this is something that you want to do, then yes, I invite you to pray this prayer with me. At any point, this has got to be something that your desire and you decide that you want to do. Not just me talking to you, not just what you heard someone say. God is really convicting. If he's convicting your heart, he's moving upon your heart heart to make that change. Then, yes, I invite you to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Accept that sacrifice right now. Let's pray that prayer real quick. Father God, first of all, we want to thank you for this word. But thank you for this this opportunity for my listeners, for anyone that may be listening to me right now that to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal savior. And then from this point on, Lord, help us to become more like you. Help us to, to, to draw close to you, God. Lord, I pray for anyone that may be struggling, that may be struggling with this decision, that may be hoping that they can give their life to the Lord. Maybe they might be thinking about it. Maybe they're still thinking about it and that's fine. 
But Lord, I pray that you will give them the time that that is needed to so that they will know that you're a loving God and a merciful God and that you don't hold nothing against them. And all you want is for them to come to you as one of their children, a son and daughter in the kingdom of God to walk in a way so that others can be saved as well. So the others will be impacted by their life as well so that they can point the way to you through your son, Jesus Christ. Father God, I just thank you in advance for those that may have accepted this decision by faith and that now they are growing and they want to grow in the Lord and they want to begin to tell others. They want to openly declare that Jesus is Lord. And if you follow, if you've done that today, amen, praise God. Amen. I'm sorry. If you've done that today, if you've, if you've opened your heart just now and you ask Christ to come into your heart, then you are a son or daughter of God. If, if you were to pass away now, then you would be entered into God's heavenly kingdom. But again, if that doesn't happen, that's fine. Allow yourself now to grow. And I'm talking about if you didn't pass away. <laughs> Listen, I my desire is that all to be saved, just like God declares in his word. He doesn't desire no man to perish, but to all, for all to be saved, for all to be forgiven, for all to, to come home and be with the Lord. Amen. Listen, if you're a person that's already a Christian and you listen to this, your desire should be just like mine. If you should never want to just throw someone that you know personally away and just walk away from them because of the fact that their lifestyle is not what you think it ought to be. For those of you that are in that situation, continue to pray for that person or persons. It doesn't always mean that you got to you got to beat them over the head with scriptures and, and 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 keep pounding that into them. No, but it does mean that you just continue to pray and continue to pray and continue to pray until God reaches them, because guess what? God will be able to reach them more effectively than you or I will. And sometimes they may not want to listen to a sermon or a church sermon or whatever it may be, but at least they will see your life and they will see and, and God will hear your prayers. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, they will begin to move on the heart of that individual, whether it be a child, whether it be an adult, whether it be whoever it may be, a co-worker, whatever it is, you fill in the blank of a person that your desire is to see them come into, come to the Lord, the knowledge and grace of Jesus Christ. Be encouraged, be encouraged today. And for those that have just made that decision by faith, you are saved and I praise God for you. Continue to read your Bible, continue to pray, continue to, 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 to listen to good godly godly music and fill your heart and your spirit and your mind of things that are of God and less of things of what you used to do. Remember, 
You got to pour in. If you're going to pour in new wine, you got to have new wine skins. That means you got to be a new person. That means you now you are a new person. Now you're putting in God's way, God's things and his thoughts and his attitudes within you. Amen. I celebrate you and I encourage you. And I thank you again for listening to this episode. Share, share this, this, this episode with someone that may need to hear it and maybe have the time and the patience to listen through all this. Amen. So I praise God for you. God bless you. God bless you and your family. I'll be talking to you next time.